Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Lord, we want to say let your name be glorified. Father, we ask that your grace will be upon us. We ask, Lord, that you will guide us yourself. We ask, Lord, that your peace will reign in our hearts. We ask, Lord, that we would find you and we will see you. Thank you, blessed Father. In Jesus' most precious name, I pray. Amen. So it is important that we, we understand these things. Last week, we spoke about our growth. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's got a lot of attraction outside the church. Um, I got to speak to people who were... You know, and I understand why some of it was um, was new grounds for people, and and um, I see someone that I told basically will probably come again today. I would kind of go through a couple of things. However, one of the things that was raised was which um, I just wanted to give a bit more clarity was when I was talking about how. Do you know how is what is given uh, um, being when you are given back to as a Christian, being born again, and things like that? You know, I said last week. I said if you have, and I think that was one of the things that kind of stirred a lot of um, uh, Bob. But we thank God for what, where God is taking us. I said, you know, if you have a ninety-year-old man today who gives his life to Christ, he becomes a baby. A baby is born. And that we've seen it in a different dimension. And we need to now understand how that baby should grow in the character of God. I'm talking about gift in the character of God. That's why I was saying last week when I was showing us some children, some very, I showed us a nine years old um, a, a boy that can play um, um, a violin and he's, he's at the top. He plays with high level um, with the orchestra, things like that. But that does not mean, because his gift is at the peak, does not mean he's developed as a person. But what we do is that when we see somebody who's functioning at a particular gift, we, we calculate that as growth. But he's not. So we discussed all of that last week, so if you want to, you might as well pick it up. Now, the part of the scriptures, just can we just go to the part of the scriptures that was pointed out that I was explaining and I just wanted to kind of put a little bit of flesh on it as I move forward. When we go to Romans, let's go to verse, uh, the next, um, verse 7. Oh, nine, yeah, that's it, 9, sorry. Verse 9. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that he raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. And so, I, and I kind of said that, you know, because you said this, does not necessarily mean that you have born again. Why did I say that? And I explained that. Now, let me put it in context of that scripture. This is, this is a certain that, you know, at times people don't use that scripture in the context of what it is. If you go to chapter um, 10, 1 to 4, Romans 10, 1 to 4, it says, it says, brethren, I desire in, I, I, my heart's desire and prayer to God of Israel is that they may be saved. But I bear witness that they have the zeal for God 
and according, but not according to knowledge. Let's go on, please. He said, he said, for they are ignorant of the righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness and have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the hand of the law, for, uh, is the hand of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. What are we pointing at is that if, if when I lead you to Christ or when you're coming to Christ to be saved, and the question of your sin nature is not brought up at all. It is because you have a headache that I say, you know, Jesus can resolve your headache. And I just say, you know what? If you believe with your mouth and you confess Jesus, you will be saved. And there is no question of, there is no understanding of that, you know, no matter how righteous I try to be, my sin, I cannot make it except by Christ and accept Jesus. And go to verse 9. That's why he said, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. What does he mean by raising from the dead? Is that Jesus died on Calvary for your sins. Then you are resurrected. So then he resurrected. Does that make, does that make sense? So, yes, you, when you say the, um, um, the salvation prayer, you are born again. But make sure that you are saying it in context. You know what you are signing up to, if that makes sense. You know it is the issue of your sin nature that God is dealing with. So Revelation, just, just, just wrap this up. It's just Revelation chapter 12 verse, chapter 20 verse 12 to 15. He said, I saw the dead, the small and the great, and before God. And the books, please notice how the Bible is written. The books were open. And another book was open. Now, the Bible says, which is the book of life? And the Bible says, and the dead were judged according to their works. That is how well you are behaved. By the things which were written in the books. So you have, when it says books here, what is he talking about? This one. Not this. So if you read on, so he said, the sea gave up his dead, and, and sorry, the sea, gave, the, the sea gave up the dead who were in it, and the dead and the heads were delivered up in, 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 into them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then if you go to verse 15, it now says that anyone whose name is not found in the book of life, is going to be cast out into the lake of fire. So you have books, but you have the book of life. It's as if somebody wants to come to UK now. You have 10 million pounds in your account in Nigeria. And you want to, you are, you are saying, I'm, when I'm going to go to UK, I'm going to buy um, uh, a penthouse in Canary Wharf, and my kids are going to go to XYZ, and things like that. Yes, you worked for it. It is good. But if you don't have a visa, you are not going anywhere. And that is why it's important that, that that's why the Bible, um, Paul was talking about the elementary things when it comes to Christ. is first of all, understanding salvation. But at times we focus so much, it is important that we focus so much on the other books. But this one, if your name is not there, forget about it. Does that make sense? God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So, 
as we as we go on, we are looking at dimensions of worship. Dimensions of worship. One of the things that I've discovered is that okay, let me just quickly just put it, put it out this way. You know, worship is 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 finding intimacy with God, connecting with God Himself. Connecting with God Himself, where you're where you can connect totally. It's in the place where you stand to honor God. It is a place of, of honoring God. Now, Jesus was also, you know, it was something that Jesus had at the back of his mind when he was also talking to his, to his people because he knew that he was going to leave. But again, if your worship, worship would be an opportunity for you to connect together with him even when he's not around. So when you read John chapter um, 14, it says, uh, from well, verse 9, it says, a little longer I, a, a little while longer, and the world will not see me no more. But you will see me because I live, and you will live also. He said, the world will not see me. I would disappear. They will not be able to see me, but you that are my followers, you that are my disciples, you would be, I will be so real to you. You will be able to see me. Let's go on, man. And, and you see, again, Jesus said it. This was the last word he said in Matthew. He said, teaching them to observe all things that I, uh, that I commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of ages. So what he's saying is that I, you would always have an opportunity to have connection with me. There will be something that would keep us together. You can, you will come to the place of, 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 of a type of worship that you would never be able to separate us. Now, I want you to understand one thing when it comes to God. This is how things operate. At the foundation of everything that you do, especially in, in, as a Christian, is your love for God. Because that love would determine how far you can go. That love would determine, that's why, and, and, and that love it grows in an increasing measure. That love for God grows in an increasing measure. Sorry, just follow me. I know the topic is, just follow me. You, you will, will, will get there. Said, the love is, is, is an increasing measure. That's why Ephesians chapter 3 verse 17 to 18 says that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. You being rooted and grounded in love. That you may be able to comprehend with all saints the width, the length, the depth, and the height of God's love. Now, why is, this, why is this key? Why is that fellowship, connection with God, important? Because, because they, sorry, um, Paul expressed it to us when he said in Romans chapter 5, verse, uh, sorry, Romans chapter 8, verse 35 to 39. He said, what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, 
as it is written, for his sake we are killed all day long and we are counted like a sheep for the slaughter. He said, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors for him who loved us. Oh, God help us. Amen. Because at times, you know, people quote that scripture. In all these things, I am more than conquerors. And I can imagine God going back to verse 35 and say, which one in all these things are you saying you are more than conquerors? Because the last time you were naked, or the last time you had persecution, you... You know, that's why it's important that you don't read scriptures in just one line. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. No, we are not more than conquerors. You have not conquered anything. He said, for I am persuaded, verse 38, for I am persuaded that neither life nor death, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present in this world or in the world to come, neither the height or the depth, nor other things created, shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Now, I was talking, I was listening to a couple of things, and I was talking to Hannah, where I, I said, and I was saying that, you know, if your gospel, the sermon you preach, or the way of life, the way you preach, or whatever the case may be, I'm just using myself as an example, and you cannot be able, or whatever gift that you're using, you cannot be able to exhibit, ex exhibit or, or, or use that same gift in a church in northern Nigeria, where Boko Haram just cleared half of the church away, then your gospel has a problem. If the gospel, if your gospel is about, you know, if your gospel is, you know, there is, why, and somebody just walked into the church and slaughtered people. If you cannot replay your, I won't say the last week sermon, a pick, if there is nothing that they can pick in the, in the variety of the sermons that you have pick, picked and preach it to those people and make them come back next week Sunday, then that is a problem. Because at times we, and that is what, you know, I, 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 I said this before, when I went to the northern part of Nigeria, where they, the, the pastor that welcomed us said, said, this is the place where you will know true Christianity. He said, the one that you do in the south, those ones are okay. But here is where you will know who is who. When you see people going to work, qualified, but yet they would not, they, with a BSC, yet they would not go beyond the level of a messenger or maybe a clerk. And the man at the top has no certificate only because he's a Muslim. And yet people come to church and they dance. You know, at times it's important that we ask, are we going to the same heaven? Or do we have a special one that is different from theirs? So Paul was saying that. Now, now, 
how, what are things that God has enabled us to have this, this love transacted in such a way that it is, it is, um, it is, it, it holds together. Saint Corinthians says that's the one that we say. We say the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship or the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. So what is he saying? Is that God is in heaven, Jesus is in heaven, but the communication you will be able to have, the connection you can have, will be by the Holy Spirit. We would be able to connect God by the Holy Spirit. We will be able to connect him by the Holy Spirit. Now that is why, please go to, that is why the, the, the Bible says that, that we read this in the scriptures that we read. It said, if we have had, he said, that which you have had and seen, we have declared to you that you may also fellowship with us and with us and truly fellowship, and truly our fellowship is with the Father, the Son, um, and, and with his Son. These things I write to you. So when you get to a point of fellowship, of worship that we're talking about, your joy will be full. Let's read on, please. And this is the part I wanted to point out in these scriptures. He says that, he says that he says he said this message I have I have I, this is the message which we have heard from him and I declare to you that God is light and there is no darkness in him. He said if you say you fellowship with the Father and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Now you may not necessarily it's not it doesn't mean that you haven't known Jesus, but he said you are not practicing. You are not practicing that fellowship. One of the reasons why God has forbids worshipping other gods is that the Bible says in Psalm 115 that those who create 115, it says, it says, it says those who create them are like them. So, when you worship a lesser God, you become like that God. You become like that God. Now, let's break it a little bit closer and see worship. So, I just kind of laid that foundation because I'm coming back to them because is that, is that the foundation is love and what greases that love, expand it, is, is the fellowship that you can have with God. How deeper that fellowship is. Can I tell you one thing is that for those of us who, who you can you can fall in love in, in a marriage by romance. But romance does not keep a marriage together. Romance goes and romance comes. What keeps a marriage together is a covenant. It is commitment, deliberate action. There would be certain times you feel, but you have to make a decision in your mind. Say, you know what, this morning I will just, I will just be good. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
And what am I saying is that it is, it is important that we understand these things. Because if your Christian life is based on emotions, this is how I feel, then you will struggle to go far in your fellowship with God. Because I, I, I was, I, I don't know if you had, if you had anything about Oyakilome. Oyakilome was, he, called, he led some people to Christ. And after they came, Oyakilome asked them questions. He said, how do you, um, what happened? Somebody said, I feel this. Everybody was saying, I feel this, I feel this. So Oyakilome said, some of you here are lying. Said there's nothing in the scriptures that say that when you give your life to Christ, you feel something. But that's what we've been taught. The Bible says you believe in your heart. And at times, we people have built their Christian life on, and the, the body of Christ is not helping. We pump people up to a point whereby, you know, it is about the feeling. See, I learned something I believe I can say it. I learned something two weeks ago. I, I, to the glory of God, we thank God for what God has done. I went to visit a member at the hospital. And the things that she was telling me, I myself was struggling to believe the testimonies of what God was doing. And I was like, ah, wait a minute. Because at times you, you don't feel it. You don't, you know, there is no, you know, we can have service now. And nobody is shaking, nobody's doing, I feel something, and things like that. And you go home, you go, ah, no, nothing happened in that service. Because people have been geared. We do it. See somebody shaking, then you accordingly will now begin to sink because we want to pipe it up, pipe it up, pipe it up to the point whereby, you know, we just, you, then you feel that God has, God has moved. See, there are things that God has done in my life that I, I later regretted. When I was young, I used to go to, there is a mountain that when I was in Abdukit, I used to go to a mountain in Erimo. Just leave, go there, pray, leave, go there, pray, and things like that. So there was one day, I was in church in Lagos, and God said, I saw every day you went to that mountain to seek my face. And I kind of felt, ah! But, you know, they will tell, tell everybody vision. They will leave you as if you are not there. And you'll be like, so why did I leave my house? Have you, have, has it not happened to you that at times, because you are seeking God for an answer for something. So, the person in chance will not say, that man there. You will not say, no, 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 it's not you, sit down. 
You see, you are not like, you know, at least say something. You get what I'm saying? And at times we've led ourselves so much in this kind of environment that at times our spirit, your mind, is steered up to connect with the atmosphere, but it is not steered up by the truth. So you can, you can, God help us in Jesus' name. That's why Jesus was saying in John chapter 4, he said, the God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. What is truth? Truth is what is said to the, what you know. It's not what you feel. I didn't feel like preaching today. Tell you the truth. Because I had a couple of things. That's why I sat down at the back there. But I know there is a difference in how you feel versus what you know. Even in your career, people who feel will never go anywhere because they, you don't know what way they will turn up. <laughs> they will turn up that, that money. At least like that. But they know that they have a job to do. When you pray for somebody, see, there's a time when God help us in Jesus. When you pray for someone, you don't have to feel. You need to get to a point where you just pray the word and your mind is settled on that. I am not saying there might be no times where, see, at times, let me give it to you, let me explain something to you. And there are times when the Spirit of God moves in an atmosphere. This is not, this is my experience. It doesn't have to be yours. It doesn't mean that my experience is greater than yours. Please, let me just clear, clarify that. And it doesn't mean that you, it has to be duplicated. When at times, not all the times, at times, when the Spirit of God moves in an environment, I can smell it. What do I smell? Now, this is how God deals with you at times. Because I used to do a shono since when I was young. So I smell the, the incense, sorry, the wording, I smell the incense. So when an atmosphere is very thick, I smell that incense. You don't have to blow incense near me. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Now, it is because that is the way I have understood how God moves. Now, if you now say that if you don't um, smell incense, that means God is not in an environment. And I think that's, that's the problem we have in the body of Christ. Because you're a leader, whatever it is, you had an encounter, you now expect every other person to exact, it, it is wrong. And there was a time when God dealt with me. I did not smell that incense again for a long period of time. Because he now discovered that rather than following Bible, you are following incense. <laughs> You not get to be. What kind of nonsense is that? Is that what the scripture told me? <laughs> told you. 
See, I don't like to hear. That's why I tell some of the people, I said, the way God at times raises me is very crude. If you, I'll be in service, people will be jumping up and down. Spirit of God is there. I'll be like, but I can't smell anything. Because you don't have to smell. That is not what he, show me in the Bible where he said, when I enter, you must smell. That is why some people have become, sorry, this is not. <laughs> that is why some people become disengaged when they get to another environment. Because they are used to certain ways of identifying God. So when God moves them to another environment, they become useless. Not that God is useless, but they have become useless. So when you get to an environment where, okay, when you go to a Catholic church to go and minister, and they're saying, Ah, Father, who are you? And things like that. How are you going to connect to God? Because until we say, you, you, you can't connect. You are in trouble. <laughs> you, 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 you are in trouble. It's the truth. You can't. You'll be the first to say, God is not here. And God is saying, well, I'm here. You are not. That is why it's important that you follow the scriptures to identify the move of God. Does this make sense to us? I'm not saying there might not be things that, you know, naturally your body will... See, can I tell you one thing? I, I have been to a lot, lot of places. You can have to say, see, when you see the shortest service in our food, and I'm saying our food, our food I'm proud of it, our food. The shortest services are English services. Because people don't have much to say. Is <laughs> the truth. But turn it to Yoruba, you see spirit fall. You see people go in trance. Why? Because they became useless when you started speaking English. <laughs> and, and they, sorry, amen, hallelujah. <laughs> No, see, these are things that we need to know as we move on as a church. To be able to navigate God and not set up green, white, green flag outside. Welcome to Nigeria so that you can know that Jesus is around. Jesus is not a Yoruba person. <laughs> Do you get what I'm trying to say? I was saying to someone, I said, see, I said to someone recently, I said, the official language of Christ is not Yoruba. In fact, God does not speak a language. I don't even want to go there, but when God speaks, he speaks in light. You pick it up based on your own understanding. Of what you can hear. That's why God can be speaking. That's why you have um, uh, the, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, what's it called? The, this, the, when, God, um, uh, when Peter was preaching and when everybody was uh, speaking in tongues, everybody was speaking their own language. So God can be speaking to 
thousands of people now, and people would be picking it in their own local language. And that is one thing that you need to first of all understand. I'm not saying it's bad, but appreciate that. That the reason why you know we're, we're talking about certain things is that why don't we see people interpret in English? In the Sianese food, why do they struggle? Is it because um, Spirit of God is not speaking English? It's because you can't flow in, 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 in English because English is not your first language. Because you default to the one that you are quickly assist. That's why when you are praying, you know, you, at the time you pack, your, you pack on your boat to one side and you start to, you start to speak. It's not like when you're speaking English, God doesn't understand you. It does, but for you to be in a place where you can express yourself. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So God help us in Jesus' name. That does not mean that we are going to be fooled in this church. I, I, don't get me wrong, please. Just want to calm everybody's nerves. Hallelujah. Amen. So, let's go on, please. Now, I am bringing us to another aspect of worship. And the Bible says, the widow, then she lived as a widow for 84 years. And she stayed in the temple, worshipping God with fasting and prayer. This is a dimension of worship that we don't talk about. When I say what is worship now, slow music. But here the Bible says she was worshipping God with fasting and prayer. So there is a dimension of worship that is done before God in terms of fasting and prayers. In fact, when you go um, Acts chapter 13 verse 2 to 3 said, while they were worshipping God and fasting, the Holy Spirit said to them, set apart. Another version would tell you why they were ministering to God. So there is a dimension of worship that is prayer. That's why when you read the book of Revelation, the Bible talks about that the incense that is blown before God, it is the prayers of the righteous. So when you come into, that's why when you come into service, the only worship session you are doing is not the one where we all sing and we say that is worship. But worship has different dimensions it takes. Remember what I said about worship is that it is an avenue to connect you to God. It's an avenue to connect you to God. So I'll rush a little bit more. And we will talk about fasting as a medium of expressing worship to God. 
This is the time where people just sign off. <laughs> Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 9, verse 14 to 16. The Bible says, Then the disciples of Jesus came to him, saying, Why do the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Then Jesus said to them, Can a, a, a friend of a bridegroom mourn as long as he is with them? But days will come when the bridegroom is taken away, then they will fast. Then he now talked about, can you put old, a old piece on a new one? What was he talking about? He was talking about, he was describing the whole system of the way they operated fast. Versus the new of what he's talking about. Because the Pharisees said, no, we do fast often. Now, Jesus did not say, don't fast. He just said, I am bringing an, an, a dimension of fast that the whole cannot be mixed with the new. So what is the new dimension he's talking about? He's saying that when the bridegroom is far away, in order to kind of, when you feel that you want to connect to him in another level, they would fast. Does this make sense? He's saying that, my dis I am here very close to them. They don't need to fast. But a time is going to come when I am taken away. They will need to ask me questions. They may need me to deal with things for them. But as they give up their time and continue in fast, we, we, our distance is brought together. Does that make sense? It's as if you're having a, you have somebody that has been with you for a long time, then the person now leaves, and you, are now, you still have to communicate from a longer distance. So Jesus was saying that, he says, please go back to verse 14. He says, he says then, he, uh, verse 15, he said, Jesus said to them, can a bridegroom mourn as long as his bride, sorry, a bridegroom, as long as the bridegroom is with them. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. So that means that there were certain things that they could do when the bridegroom was with them that they may not be able to do because of distance. However, what bridges that gap is the fasting periods that they the fast, the act of fasting. That's why when Jesus was saying, when you fast, that means he expects you as a Christian to do so. He expects you as a Christian to do so. God help us in Jesus' name. Matthew chapter 4. I'm going to do a bit of... Uh, Gajosha, please come. Let's, 
She had to put them together. Amen. The Bible says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Did you read here that the Bible says Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted and to fast? Why did he choose to fast? Because the next verse says, And he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Afterwards, he was hungry. That lets you know if you fast and you're hungry, it's okay. Jesus was. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's the truth. Jesus was. Amen. And when the, when the devil came and the devil said, if you are the son of God, command the stone, two stones to become bread. And of course, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. This is what I believe happened. Jesus, and you will see this in the Mount Transfiguration, that when he was praying, the Bible will say heaven opened when he was being baptized. The Bible says that when he was praying, he was being transformed. And heaven, they saw Moses and Elijah standing. So, I assume this is the father as Jesus was being led by the Holy Spirit and he engaged in the fasting period, it wasn't that there was a difference in them, but there was like a synergy that happened. There was the closeness he could feel with the Father. So that when the devil came, the first thing he said is, what I was deal with cut this relationship. Jesus said, no, 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 no. I don't have to stay on bread. My connection, the food that I, by every word I get from the Father, when we communicate together, is what makes, is what matters most. Does that make sense? Is this making a bit of sense? God grant us understanding in Jesus' name. Let's take another example. No, no, wait. Hallelujah. He says... Daniel chapter 10, 2 to 3. It says, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three full weeks, and I had no pleasant food or meat or wine. Now, this is the Daniel fast. Daniel fast is basically vegetarian. Hallelujah. Does not mean if you are doing vegetarian, that doesn't mean you are fasting. We will talk about that. Hallelujah. <laughs> now please notice something he said I had no pleasant food now see the response did angel gave to him when he came back he, when the, the, the angel was speaking in Daniel chapter 10 verse 11 he gave, the, gave up what is desirable to him and when the angel was going to speak the angel said and he spoke to him, Oh Daniel, you greatly beloved. It's as if as Daniel began to give what mattered to him most, God began to take it as an invitation of closeness between them. Does this make sense? 
I'm still coming back. Oh, go and sit down, then I'll call you. Okay, amen. Another scripture I'm going to quote to share with you. Job chapter 23, verse 12. He said, I have not departed from his commandment, from commandment for my lips. I have treasured his word of his mouth more than my necessary food. More than my necessary food. Now, what are we talking about is this. Is that when we are looking at the issue of fasting, when it's, it's a period for you to connect, it brings you closer, connects you closer with God. Now, my time is sorry, I'm just... Now, the Bible says something. The Bible talks about the fact that, you know, Paul was talking about the fact that I can, I, I fast often and I, 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 I go hungry and I fast often. What is Paul trying to say? Paul is saying there's a difference in going hungry and getting and fasting. A Christian fast is when you fast to imbibe God. It's a period when, when you give up something, you are put, bringing in a relationship with God. When people don't practice Christian fasting, you may call it Christian, that's why after fasting, have you ever seen somebody that they fast, after a period of fasting, they go and break at their girlfriend's house and they are married? Have you not heard it before? It is fasting. It is, and whatever they pray for within that period will be answered. That's why, I, that's why these are things that I need, I hope that God will help us to understand. How the instrument of fast can be used as in different ways. That's why all religions promote fasting. Why? Because it connects your spirit to a greater God or a greater being in their own world. So when Jesus said, no, when you fast, it is to bring our relationship. We kind of stand together. It, it adds more. To our, that doesn't mean that when you pray, you are not close to God, but it just shows an extra mile you are willing to go. God grants us grace in Jesus' name. A scripture, I would, that's why when we, this is all what we are saying comes to this. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Said, I heard you Brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercies, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, that is your true and proper worship. That means that worship that only involves your mouth, but doesn't involve your lifestyle. The sacrifice you give 
with your body is not proper. He didn't say it's not worship. He said proper worship. I would end it this way as I make an illustration again. Because people say when you have a problem you fast. I've ever had it before. That when, when you have a problem they give you seven days fast nine days fast and that problem will be solved. And it does. What do you think happened by you fasting and that problem resolved. Let's just put up Kiani. Don't worry. Just one person. Hallelujah. What do you think happened? You fasted and something happened. So, is it your fast that dealt with that thing or what happened? Now, this is why because it's important that you understand the mechanics of how these things work. If you, are, if, 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 if you think that when this issue comes and you fast and you get rid of it, the only thing that will be propelling your fast is going to be a problem. Because you think it is your fast that cleared that problem of the road. Let me just answer this as we close. Matthew chapter 17. Now, this was why Jesus wanted to cast out a demon. So, his disciples had cast out the demon and they could not. And Jesus said, and the disciples came to him privately and said, why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said, because of your own belief. If you have faith as a mustard seed, yes, ma'am, you would say to this mountain, be moved, and it shall be moved, and there will be nothing impossible for you. However, this kind does not call out except by praying and fasting. Please, what is the relationship between faith praying and fasting. He's saying two different things. He's saying because of your faith. But he now said if your faith is as small, so he's not talking about the bigness of your faith, but the potency of that faith. Does this make sense? When you read Jude um, Jude 1 20, he says, building yourself up in your most holy faith. So your faith is steered up in the place of prayer. Does this make sense? I explained this to us for those who came for our prayer service, praying in the Holy Spirit. But your faith is steered up 
in the place of prayer. So where does the fasting come into place? Don't worry, because I know you're a very strong prayer warrior. Hallelujah. He's not the person, but let us say that for now, he's the demon that we want casting. He's not, you, you are not, you are not, you are not, you are not. Oh God, why are you so sentimental? Hallelujah. Amen. You are not a demon in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, you, come, you are neutral, so they will say that um, I chose him to be Jesus, but uh, hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> hallelujah. So, what Jesus was saying is that you could not deal with him because your faith was not potent enough. But he said, when I pray and I fast and we are connected together, when I walk up to him and I say, leave, he's seen not me, he's seen the connection that we have. So your fasting is not pushing him away. Your fasting is bringing you closer to God. He is connecting you in a new level to God. So as a result of that, you can walk up to him and say, in the name of Jesus. Does this make sense? God bless you. God bless you, sir. If you go back, the Bible, when you read the story, Jesus did not say, this thing could not be casted out because of your fasting and prayer. Do you get that? So, the question is, when Jesus casted out that demon, did he go and fast and pray? Why did he not first of all say, the demon is here, yeah, boys, let's go and fast and pray. I'm coming. That is what he would have said, because that is the interpretation of what he said to them, if you read it that way. But what he said to them, a life of constant prayer and fasting gives potency to your faith that when the need arises, you will be able to deal with it. At times, when an issue may arise, and it's because at times you have not built up your faith to that point that you may need to go and pump up energy to come and say, get away. But if you also don't understand how it works, rather than you being prepared, taking days how to say, you know what, on this day I'm going to fast. Why? It is only just because I want to know God more. I want to get closer to him. I want to take my worship of him to another level. That's why you're fasting. But an average person, if you ask them, God said that we should fast for three days. The next question you will have, have what happened? Because we have been taught that I'm not saying that there are no... That's why when Jesus was talking about it, wasn't necessarily rubbishing what they were doing. He just said, this is a new dimension of fasting. It doesn't mean that the Esther fast is wrong. But it just means that we are taking it into a different dimension. 
where you are seeing fasting as not an instrument to fight, but as an instrument of worship. That as when you get closer to God, as your relationship begins to grow with him, when situations happen, you can deal with him. Why? Because you are already getting closer and closer. But if you don't understand a bit of what we have shared today, you'll be using fasting as an instrument. Then you see those are the people that, even after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, they can still, they will still do, behave, commit sin like any other person's business. Why? Because that fasting was not used to feed, they didn't use it as a medium to connect them to God, to, to get more of God inside of them. But they were using it as an instrument to cast out demons. See, there are a couple of things, I'm just going to share this as we, is that there are a couple of things that we kind of look. And depends on the way. How many of us have had this? The higher you go in ministry, in life, the higher the demons. Have we had it before? And that is more pronounced. But if you look, that statement is right. But that statement can also be said. The higher you go, the more protection you have. Because in, battle, in a battlefield, there are some people that they call... Um, I don't know what to call them, you know. I recruit you. Foot soldiers. Those are the call Yamutu, Yamutu. That's what they call them. Because they are all Awusa. Most of them are Awusa. So, you know, they don't know where to go. They say, Yamutu, Yamutu. You have to keep them there and they just go. They said they don't know where. Hallelujah. But the Nigerian military is far advanced than that now. Amen. Now, in, in as much as you have foot soldiers, the ones that are most protected in a military camp is the leaders. Why? Because they carry the authority to run that place. That same thing I have told you now, one would make you say, I don't want to do God's work. The, the troubles are too much. The other one would make you think, God has got my back. I'm going to do this even more. The same word, one has led you the other way, and the other one has done what? Led you the other way. And that's how the body of Christ is. Sadly about certain issues. You can teach an issue and you send people the other way. And teach the same issue and send them the other way. So what I am not saying that you cannot fast when you have issues. But there is a higher level you can go with it where it becomes an instrument of worship. Does that make sense? So one, you will not say, 
Let us fast. Say, what happened? But, but you understand when they say, let us fast. Say, oh, yes, you know, I really need to understand a couple of things. We are praying now. How many of us have, have, have had, you know, Daniel fasted? So you must fast. And at times, the challenge is that when Daniel fasted, Daniel fasted for a different reason than you are fasting for. Why do you think Daniel fasted? Daniel chapter 10. Daniel fasted because Daniel was reading the book of Jeremiah and he did not understand and decided to fast for three weeks to get an understanding of what he's reading. The day God asked me that question, he said, when was the last time you did not understand something in the Bible and decided to fast for a day? Only to say, God, I don't understand what I'm reading here. You need to show me the way. You see how this instrument of fast is used in different dimensions now. Yes, the prophecy, what God showed Daniel, is still speaking till today. The EU, and like I showed us the other day, the EU, every other thing there, including how the EU is structured, you will see it in the book of Daniel. Because the instrument of fasting was different for him. It was about, I want to know God more. But now we use fasting only when we have problems. So I'm calling you to a worship that is a bit higher than the normal one you're used to. As we go into the Lenten period, I am calling you into a worship that is far greater. Where you are fasting, not because of anything, but just you, you, you just want to know God more. I want to be close to you, God. I want to know you more. And you will see, if God will not take you to the same dimension, it took Daniel. Let us rise up, please. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.